Hello, FPL managers. This is the 19th episode of the FPL Optimized podcast. Thanks again for tuning in. This is the podcast in which we combine analytics with the good old eye test. I am Bas, the casual manager, and my co-host is Sertop, the data scientist. Data or grass or data and grass? That's the question. So I hope you enjoyed our discussion with Brad Taylor last week. was a great guy to talk to and so interesting to hear how he managed to finish third last season. Today we're going back to our usual format though, as we're preparing for game week nine. Quite many managers activated their wildcard, so that certainly will be a key topic for us today. In my case, I used a wildcard already last week in game week eight, and the team is looking quite good for the weekend, with one exception. It seems Digne picked up an injury while being away with the French national team, so it looks like the seven-pointer from him last game week is all I will get for now. And I will be interested to hear from Surtop what kind of recommendation he has for me in terms of alternative budget defenders. So in summary, we will have a lot to talk about and on top, many questions came in via Twitter as well. So let's get started. Surtop, why don't we just start with the optimal team for people on a wildcard? Can you talk us through it? Sure, uh, I'm on wildcard too. So, and the, the question was about the wildcard optimal team uh, for game week nine from different data sources. Yeah, I should mention this briefly, but over the international break, I was spending some time to integrate different data sources into my optimization model. Because as you know, I'm using FPL review uh, as my, my default option, but uh, someone helped me on uh, GitHub to add, to read essentially Kiwi's projections into my optimization model. And then I also had a chance to get the Mikkel Tokwam's projections and I spent some time to add the FPL IDs, the player IDs, so that I can solve it too. I'm playing with all of them. Uh, I also have access to uh, Fantasy Football Hub, Fantasy Football SCAD and Fantasy Football Fix projection data. It seems like um, Mikkel Tokwam and FPL review projections are very consistent in terms of which players they suggest they come out pretty close in my opinion and seeing what other data sources are suggesting for the optimal team is a good way to actually check if your picks are good because you can optimize with one data and then evaluate how it looks using another uh, data mm. source mm -hmm. um, that's something I was playing around but um, for the question today um, I only checked the free data because I wasn't really sure how the... Because some of these models are essentially commercial, like you need a subscription to uh, access to it. So, And I wasn't sure if it will be okay for us to cover it, but I decided to go with the free data. So also on Twitter, I shared optimal wildcard squads using FBI Review's free data and also Kiwi's data, which is also free. Um, for FPL review free data, the optimal wildcard team is Ellison in the goal and the ward is the bench goalkeeper. Uh, in defense, we have Gabriel, James, Alexander-Arnold. In midfield, Martinelli, Zaha, Madison, Salah. And in forward, we have Solanke, Mitrovic and Haaland. 
and in bench we have Bailey, Anderson, and Dunk. Um, obviously, the first thing we need to talk about this team is probably Ellison, a premium goalkeeper again, is appearing. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. So I started season with Ederson, a uh, premium goalkeeper, and now model is suggesting another premium goalkeeper, but I'm <laughs> less likely to follow it through this time. Uh, because when I was playing around, there are certain players that I want to buy in future game weeks. And going with a premium goalkeeper will force me, well, will reduce my options significantly this time around. And my team value is lower than, uh, like some of the people <laughs> that, you know, I was comparing my wildcard team with. So since I have that disadvantage, I would like to go with a cheaper goalkeeper this time around. And also Gabriel here is a concern because of the blank game week in 12. Um, but this mid midfield line of Martinelli, Zaha, Madison and Salah, it seems pretty consistently optimal across different data sources. I'm not sure why. Obviously Zaha has great fixtures and Madison, I think most models um, have him very high and then some models selling him after game week 12 uh, for... Um, for other players um, but yeah this looks either optimal or very close to optimal in my opinion and using uh, Kiwi's data it is Raya in the goal and uh, Guaita as the bench goalkeeper so that they rotate through the um, horizon James, Justin, Alexander-Arnold Cancelo in defense Madison, Salah, Bowen in midfield, Solanke, Mitrovic, Holland, same forward line. And in bench, we have Andersen, Andreas, and Diallo uh, as a cheap uh, bench player. This team looks okay, in my opinion. Uh, again, the problem is goalkeepers, because like no one wants rotating goalkeepers in my experience, even though this combination of goalkeepers have a really good rotation between them. Um, and you can notice that Zaha is missing from the midfield line uh, and also Martinelli. Instead of Martinelli, we have uh, Bowen in the midfield. I think, as you see, so some other players are always here, especially the forward line of Solanke, Mitrovic, Haaland. Seems like models agree that Solanke is a good pick. Although, <laughs> it's very controversial, right? Because people keep talking about how better pick he is and i don't know yeah. <laughs> well they have good fixtures they do I, they do i suppose his underlying numbers must be good for the model to pick it up mm -hmm. yeah okay well that was actually the question that was asked by fpl aurelius or mm -hmm. fpl marcus he seems to have two names on twitter mm -hmm. <laughs> thanks for that question uh, and it's good to see the different options thanks for that sir top mm -hmm. um yeah i seem I see that both the options have Salah, mm -hmm. which is a good one to note, as many people on a wild card are also considering to leave him out. And uh, talking about Salah, uh, there was a question from Jay, uh, who asked, uh, how does he compare to KDB? And a similar question from Stevie G, who has KDB in the team and is asking if a transfer to Salah, Salah sorry, would be a good thing to do. Uh, what do you think, Sir Dub? Yeah, so I was comparing De Bruyne's numbers with Salah uh, projection numbers. And for this game week, 
uh, well, Salah has a great fixture against Brighton with almost seven uh, expected value. While KDB's EV was around 5.2 when I checked, it was 5.3 now. Um, so there's a significant difference between the two for this game week. But next game week, Salah is playing against Arsenal at away, and De Bruyne is playing against Southampton at home. So, so if you just check, I mean, this game week, Salah is ahead, but then, um, next game week is De Bruyne is a tiny bit ahead. And then the problem is they are playing against each other in game week 11. And then De Bruyne has a blank on game week 12. So this fact actually puts Salah a little bit ahead. And also Salah on game week 12 has a great fixture against West Ham. Uh, and projection, the projection for that game week is 7.3. So as you see, models favor Salah. But... I understand people are a little bit skeptical about Salah's performance since the beginning of the season. And he is actually very close to uh, dropping in price. He was like that for a few days. People were expecting him to go down. He didn't yet. Um, we will see. I feel like uh, there will be a split. Most of the analytics players think Salah is still a good pick. And they are kind of waiting for his price to go down so that they can buy him for cheaper but most of the eye test people like this is the feeling i'm getting but eye test people are like yeah probably i will skip salah this time around and the, yeah. well, the advantage and the other thing is why you mentioned it's an easy fixture against brighton but let's not forget that brighton has been doing really well this season mm -hmm. and of course yeah the, the manager potter left so that's i think now a big question what the impact will be of that to the team but, uh, I mean, yeah, Brighton against Liverpool, I wouldn't say that's an easy fixture uh, for, for Liverpool, even though maybe in, in previous seasons we would say it, it, it is. But in this case, um, I'm not too sure. Yeah, not the easiest fixture, probably. No. Um, and also, like especially Salah's good fixtures are coming after game week 12 because he's playing against West Ham, Nottingham Forest, Leeds. Yeah. Uh, Tottenham is a tough fixture, but then yeah. Southampton until the uh, okay. World Cup. Right. So, if you are planning to skip Salah on wild card, that kind of makes sense because then he has two tough fixtures. So that if yeah. you, as long as you have a way to buy him back on game week twelve, if you plan it right. well, then I think you could actually get away with it. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for that. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, we talked about Salah and KDB. I think also interesting, and you already referred to it, is the goalkeeper in the optimal solution. Uh, in the one team, it was Raya, and the other team, it was Allison. Mm. I think a week ago, we were still mostly talking about Pope as the mm -hmm. best solution. And we could also see on Twitter still a lot of people asking about, it's called now Warderson, <laughs> or in other words, the Ward-Iverson combination of Leicester. Uh, people are still considering it, even though so far, yeah, the Leicester defense has looked really weak, but they do have good upcoming fixtures. Um, so yeah, well, how do you see that, Sir Talb, in terms of goalkeepers for the optimal solutions? Oh, it's a tough one because I think goalkeeper is the one position that I'm the least sure about on my wildcard. Okay. I can't right. really decide for the life of me. I tried multiple things and 
Well, Ward and Iverson combination is so cheap. I mean, for 7.9, you're getting, you know, a goalkeeper that you know that will play all the time, even if uh, Iverson gets into the uh, position of being the primary goalkeeper. You will always have a goalkeeper, so that's kind of nice. Uh, models, again, kind of leaning towards a premium goalkeeper. And if I force models to like drop all the prime premium goalkeepers so that I can see the other ones, I think Guaita is coming up um, because Crystal Palace has yeah great fixtures. But so the thing is the difference between these goalkeepers, like different goalkeepers, even for like Pope and also I see Sanchez too. It's not that significant. That's why earlier uh, this week I sent a tweet and asking people about you know how much ev difference is significant in your opinion and most people said more than 0.5 most of these goalkeepers are actually close to each other less than 0.5 uh, ev per week per game week so i don't know like still very confusing to me i I don't know, like, probably I will wait until Friday to make a decision on, like, which goalkeeper to go with. I mean, Pope is a really good goalkeeper, and, I mean, his points so far is showing that too, and his underlyings are also very good. So, he was optimal for wildcard 8, for sure, but for wildcard 9, I'm not sure, maybe. Okay, alright, big decision then. Yeah. Yeah, and I think the people who had Ward and Iverson in their game week one team, I think most of them are now happy to transform <laughs> them out. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I know one of them was the FBL general. I was listening to his podcast <laughs> and he was saying that out of the 20 teams, uh, Ward is ranked 21 in terms of points <laughs> scores. <laughs> so, so that's I think I saw that, enough. yeah. He, he didn't score much yet. So yeah, he is cheap, but yeah, you don't get much points. But on the other hand, um, yeah, as I mentioned, Leicester has really good upcoming fixtures. And mm -hmm. personally, I was thinking about Justin because I said that I, I own Digne now. Digne got injured, so I'm considering mm -hmm. to transfer him out. And looking at Leicester's fixture, of course, yeah, a lot of people are mentioning Madison, who is, of course, in, in form. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it looks like normally you could expect some clean sheets. Well, I say normally. I don't know if it's the same for this season. Again, that's the big question. But I saw Justin being mentioned in one of your optimal teams, so I'm happy mm -hmm. with that. Um, and, yeah, I was just wondering if you see other alternative options in, let's say, that 4 to 5 million price bracket for defenders. So when I ran, so I actually checked your team, and it wasn't actually suggesting to transfer out Digne, but since I know that you want to uh, have a way to get rid of him, I was checking, and the first thing model suggests is Dunk on uh, a price at 4.6, and... He has a terrible fixture this game week, but uh, from game week 11, he has like playing against Brentford. I mean, not the easiest fixture, of course, but nothing in Forest is on game week 12, which is good. And also Wolves on game week 15 is also not too bad in terms of projection points too. And so this, as the second best solution, Webster is coming up, uh, but I mean... Same team, I mean, slightly cheaper price. And the third best option for your team was Zuma. Because, I mean, 
they have really good fixtures, right? Because Wolves, Fulham, Southampton, and then they play Liverpool in between, but then Bournemouth. So, I mean, if you are looking for an immediate return, probably Zuma is a better option of these three. Um, yeah. Yeah, I looked at that. But I think if I would go for West Ham, I would probably go for one of the wingbacks, like Sufal. Mm-hmm. Um, that's another option. And one thing I'm also having in mind is game week, game week 12, because that will be the blank for Arsenal and City. So I think I want a defender with, with an easier game. And West Ham play Liverpool that week. So that makes West Ham players, for me, a bit less likely. I see. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Brighton could be an option. They play Nottingham that that week, so that could be an option. Mm-hmm. Something for me to think about. Yeah. yeah, Leicester or Brighton probably. All right. Then there was also a question about the captaincy with FPL crisis, wondering if it's too early to bet against Haaland. And indeed, I think the captaincy options for this game week are not so clear. So, what do you make of it, Sir Dub? Yeah, again, so we have a similar choice this game week because um, Haaland and Salah projection points are very close to each other. And the the question actually also asked about having Madison as a captain option. And I think Mm -hmm. I heard it from some other people too. So the problem with Haaland is the expected... Sorry. And the problem with Haaland is the effective ownership. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think... I think it will be really high because he's highly owned. Almost everyone has him now. Yeah. And certainly lots of people will also captain him because, I mean, yep. he got lots of points. So people are thinking that he will keep scoring goals. Yeah. And, I mean, in terms of the fixture, obviously Salah has the be- better fixture this game week. Um, yeah. And projection models also favor Salah. Like, in some models... Holland is ahead. In okay. some others, Salah is ahead. Yeah, it's pretty like it feels like fifty-fifty. But I mm. think Salah is a better captain. Like if my subjective opinion is Salah will be a better captain. Okay. So for medicine, um, so primarily most of the EV for medicine is coming from assist probability because his goal scoring yeah. probability is much lower compared to Holland or Salah. Yeah. And the the thing with assists, as I always say, is so as you know that expected goals are a good indicator of future goals, but expected assist is not always uh, it doesn't always translate into assists. Uh, and okay. in my opinion, it is the error bars are bigger for assists. Uh, so medicine, yeah. So. I mean, comparing Holland and Madison, then I, I was using my uh, expected value calculator on FPL Optimized and see that Holland has 52% chance of overscoring medicine, mm. but it is only 33% uh, from you know, medicine versus Holland. Mm-hmm. And so if you use the expected value calculator, you will see that Holland has also higher chance of getting a double digit uh, outcome right. this game week. I mean, yeah, in general, so okay. it's risky. But yeah. if it play, if it works out, then it might be a good way to catch the you know higher ranks because yeah. it looks like everyone has the same team nowadays. Right. Yeah, I'm actually going thinking to go for KDB. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, where does he rank in in terms of captaincy options? Mm-hmm. 
Do you know that or uh, you don't KDB's have numbers? Yeah, yeah. I haven't compared. I mean, KDB's projection projected points are lower than Holland to five point three. So, but okay. I mean, is is a good option too. Yeah. If you are feeling a little bit, you know. Yeah, I mean, he's in form, and it's a big game. You know, the Manchester derby. I think KDB. I think he performs well in big games, at least. That's in my mind. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not sure if that's true, actually, but uh, I, I, yeah, I have a good feeling about it. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. you need to go with your feeling. <laughs> I <laughs> agree. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm the that's casual true. manager. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the analytics players will captain Salah. Is my expectation. Most of so? them will. Yeah, okay. I think so. So, okay. yeah, I mean, for hardcore analytics players, they are kind of seeing this as an opportunity because Salah's uh, ownership will be low. Right. And then if he overscores other options yeah. like De Bruyne, Madison, yeah. Holland, then they will get lots of ranks. That's what how they see mm, it. Okay. That's kind of that was also thinking last game week when I captained Kane against Holland because their points right. were really close, and I said yeah. like if Kane overscores, then I will at least rise in ranks. So, yeah. Right. Yeah, it sounds like it will be an interesting weekend then. Yeah. All right. Then we had another question from FBL Vegas, I think it is, mm-hmm. uh, which relates to the Arsenal options. And yeah, one thing to keep in mind, we talked about it before, is that Arsenal and Man City, they blank in game week 12. So by then, you probably don't want to have more than three players of both teams combined so you can field uh, 11 starting players. So that's something we need to keep in mind for our transfers in the upcoming weeks. And Vegas seems to own Jesus and Martinelli. And he's asking who he can best move out of these two. And then he also has a second question, whether it's better to transfer in Salah or Madison for this game week. So yeah, two kind of different questions. But let's see what the data is uh, saying about it. Yeah, I haven't checked in detail to be honest but i see martinelli in some of the uh, wildcard nine optimal squads mm-hmm. but can't remember if i seen uh, jesus so okay. i will say if you are looking to sell at least one of them then yeah. jesus should be the one to go probably yeah. and regarding the medicine question um i think medicine is the third most transferred in player so far uh, like yeah. 212,000 people transferred him in mm-hmm. um, and Salah is nowhere in this list so I'm assuming most people are waiting for his price to go down possibly yeah. but yeah looks like medicine will be a popular choice I mean most people actually check you know how many points a player got in previous game weeks, right? That's <laughs> yeah. that's pretty much the you know default yeah, yeah, algorithm. Yeah. And Madison had lots of good returns. So. Yeah, yeah, and they have a good fixture. Probably they have the best fixture of the game week, not mm-hmm. against Nottingham Forest at home. Yeah, uh, it's the Monday night fixture, so we'll have to wait a bit longer for it. But yeah. <laughs> That doesn't matter. <laughs> Do you have medicine? You don't have it, right? I don't have them, no. No, no. Are you um, considering to buy them? Well, Maybe. I was just, you know, not really impressed by Leicester so far, even okay. though Madison has been playing well. But you know, I had my wild card in game week eight. They were playing yeah. Tottenham. So I didn't think Leicester would do much. But yeah, he scored a brilliant goal. So I can understand why people are going for Madison. Mm. 
And again, as I said, they have good upcoming fixtures. So yeah, probably out of the whole Leicester team, Madison would be the one to go for. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Well, let's go back to the the game week twelve blank situation. And FPL Overthinkers is asking how many points we should aim to gain when transferring out players for game week twelve, considering that we could lose some value on them. Um, and indeed, I think game week 12 can be a tricky situation uh, as yeah, you might sell your city players for that game week, but then they have really good fixtures after that. So you probably want to buy them back again. And personally, I'm considering to just bench my three city players, even though I think yeah, when we get to that moment, it will probably feel uh, not right to have so much value sitting on my bench. <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, how do you think we should approach it, Sir Dob? At the beginning of the season, uh, Fantasy Football Trout, it is FF underscore Trout on Twitter, was checking how much, you know, having 1 million in the bank extra worth in terms of yeah. expected value. And it was around 0.42. So for every 1 million you have, you are projected to get, like in a way, you are projected to get 0.42 more points per game week. So if you use that logic and well the team value is most critical when you are wildcarding to be honest. So then yeah. we calculate how many game weeks after wildcards that you you will need to you know find a team with lower team value. Mm-hmm. So in this case for example we will all get free transfers on game week 17 so yeah. that we will have 22 weeks after that. So whenever I'm calculating anything, if I'm losing 0.1 million for selling a player and then buying him back, assuming I will buy him back on game week 17, losing that 0.1 times 22 times 0.4 is 0.8 expected value for me. So I'm sorry for using lots of numbers here, but that's (laughs) essentially what I used to kind of measure if I am losing too much value by selling this guy. Because if I sell that guy and then if I get 3.5, let's say, expected value from another player, then I will do it. Like, I wouldn't think about losing my team value and then suffering. I mean, (laughs) given that my team value is terrible right now, (laughs) but that's pretty much how I look at things. And in this question, he uh, FPL overthinkers ask, these transfers will lose me 0.7 million in team value so 0.7 and then he wants to buy them back uh, game week 13 which means 26 game weeks of uh, horizon with 0.7 lower team value it roughly translates into 7.28 expected value it's huge Mm. in my opinion it's Mm. it's a lot so probably i wouldn't do it in this way probably we need to take that into consideration not every solver is taking this into consideration directly so it is users responsibility in a way to to be mindful about these things uh well as you see this is one thing that humans should intervene to the model solution but yeah so yeah losing value has like we have an approximate value in mind when comparing plans yeah, 
So do you know already how you are going to handle it for that game week 12? Are you just going to bench some of your City and Arsenal players? Yeah, I think I will bench them. I'm, yeah. I don't think I I have any plans of selling and or like rebuying no. anyone. Yeah. yeah. Well, same for me, but still need to look at it. All right. I think we covered the questions. It feels like we maybe had a shorter podcast today, but that's okay. Was there still something uh, you wanted to mention, Sertop? Yeah, I I have. So this so we were getting prepared for this and then I saw a tweet from FBR Review uh, on okay. Twitter and I would like to talk about this with you uh, right. because I'm curious about your opinion on it. Okay. Uh he asked, how would you class your general decision making when faced with two similar options, one being safe regarding effective ownership and the mm-hmm. other being riskier providing upside or downside? Yes, all other mm. elements can be considered equal. E- effective ownership is based on who you deem your most relevant competition. So do you prefer safer move? Are mm. you insensitive to risk or do you prefer the risky move? So like, for example, suppose we have Holland and Salah this game week. I think essentially this is what the question is asking. Yeah. Just if you know that lots of people will captain Holland, so his effective ownership is too high. Yeah, and on the other hand, Salah will be owned quite low. So suppose expected value is the same for both yeah. of the players. So we are kind of assuming that the fixture difficulty is the same, like everything is the same. Which one would you choose, or do you have any preference? Mm. I think, uh, but that's probably because I play the game differently, more as a casual manager. I I don't look that much at the effective ownership, and I think more about you know my own opinion and in this case you know I just haven't seen Liverpool performing very well and the same for Salah so it doesn't give me confidence that suddenly now they will do well against Brighton and on the other hand you know we've seen great things from City and Haaland and actually I suffered from not having Haaland so I'm really happy to have Haaland now <laughs> um, so in my case I would go for for Haaland you know, I'm I'm really at the moment I'm without Liverpool and I'm not really too worried about it. Again, it could change next week <laughs> if they now do really well. And that's maybe again also with the international break, right? It gave the people a sure. uh, gave the team a break and also gave Klopp an opportunity to <laughs> uh yeah, to, to settle a bit and, and um yeah, I don't know how much time he had with all the players on the training pitch, but at least, you know, they had a little bit of a break. So, yeah, it's difficult to say how Liverpool will do. But in this case, I would still favor City. But, but yeah, it, related to the question, I also yeah. liked how uh, Brad put it last week, right? And uh, he, he, he compared it to a real football game and then comparing to where we are in, in the season. So probably like in a real game, you start the season a bit risk-free. And then as mm. the season progresses, depends on your position, right? If you're behind, you will try to make up some ground. And if you're ahead, you'll probably play a bit more safer. So yeah. I think that was a nice comparison. So that probably is also something we need to consider when you uh, when you answer this question. Like, okay, where are you in their current ranking? And um, yeah, how, how does how, what does that mean for your strategy going forward? 
Yeah, that's true. But like, think about our workplace mini league. I mean, Reese is leading the league now. Surprisingly, yeah. I'm sorry, Reese. <laughs> but <laughs> do you know actually why Reese is leading? And I think for the people listening, this probably doesn't make sense because you don't know Reese. But Reese is one of our colleagues. He didn't do well last year, and suddenly he's leading. And I was talking to him earlier last week. Do you know why he's leading? No, I don't. Because he's following your recommendations on FPL Optimized. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. He <laughs> said he took the. He's taking the lazy approach this year. He's just following whatever you are recommending, and it's uh, it's paying off. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I, okay. I, that I didn't know. I did yeah. a proper discussion in advance, but yeah, it was annoying me because I mean he's far ahead of me, and you too. And so I was thinking from this perspective, if he knew that Reese will captain player X, like right. would I captain player Y just because I want to catch up to him? But it yeah. will also put me in a riskier position because if his pick overscores, then yeah, the difference will be bigger. So I'm yeah. just, I was trying to think about my risk preference because especially, I mean, if you're, not very active in social media, especially FBL Twitter, it might be easier to go with, you know, riskier options time to time. Mm -hmm. But I think fear of being ridiculed is so high on huh. on FBL Twitter. People yeah. are usually going with the, you know, safer choices. I mean, this is a preference thing probably, but yeah, Brett said it well as you as you reiterated. Yeah. True. Um yeah, no, you're right. So, um, yeah, that was a nice one. A nice one mm -hmm. to finish the episode, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, was there anything else you had on your mind? No, that was all. <laughs> okay, excellent. All right. I think Reese will be happy that we mentioned him. <laughs> uh, and that sums it up then for this episode. Uh, lots to think about whether you're on a wild card or not. In any case, I think it's good that FPL is back after the international break. I'm sure you will agree. Thanks for listening to our FPL Optimized podcast. Please make sure to subscribe to it so you will know when the next episode is out. Or you can follow us on Twitter. For Surtop, it's at Surtop Bilal. And for me, it's at Belfi BB. Good luck this weekend. Let's hope we can enjoy some green arrows again. And we'll talk to you again next time. Thank you. Bye-bye.